Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Greetings and a fine, fine good morning from the rainy shores of Southern Oregon and Bandon, Oregon for uh, Monday, the 15th of February on Hour of Discernment. This morning's broadcast, I've entitled it Christ-Centered Life or Man-Centered Life. And uh, I'm going to, the first 20 minutes, I want to... uh, The letter of Paul to the Philippians, I want to read out of Philippians. Uh, You know, before I start this, you know, I think I got an interesting email from a friend this morning. And um, I I want to start this off with, just read this little email that that he wrote me. He says, one can never go wrong with studying the Bible. For hundreds of years, the Bible was not in the language of the common man and was kept from the people. The only ones that had a right to read it and explain it were the Roman Catholic priests. Today, there are those who believe that they are the only ones that have the expertise in reading and presenting the gospel. They say you have to be licensed or ordained and part of the ordination process and that you have to go through seminary. The problem is that these seminaries are teaching many things contrary to Scripture. Hold it right there. <clears throat> Come on in. My co-host is Sammy, Sammy the Old Dog. Okay. <clears throat> the problem is that, they, that these seminaries are teaching many things contrary to the Scripture. Doesn't this remind you of the Roman Catholic Church during the Dark Ages? when they said the church had final authority over the Bible. I am glad that I didn't have to attend a seminary and become licensed by the state and ordained by some denominational seminary, but that I was called by God himself and I did not confer with the flesh and blood. To God alone be the glory. The traditions of men, the traditions of men will will snare you every time. The desire for man's acceptance will keep you in line. Don't dare take a stand against the river going downstream. This will cause those in the traditions of men to scream. Don't shake our boat, then cry out. You might cause us to get wet. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy. I can't quote that. The rest of that verse, but in the traditions, after the traditions of men, beware, beware. So let's get into Philippians here. The first chapter, Paul and Timothus, the servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus, which are in Philippia, with the bishops and deacons, grace be unto you 
and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, for you are all making requests with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing that it, he which has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Even as it is meet for me to think this of you all, because I have you in my heart inasmuch as both in my bonds and in, in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, ye all are partakers of my grace. For God is my record, how greatly I long after you all in the bowels of Jesus Christ. And this I pray that you love, and this I pray that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in judgment, that ye may approve things that are excellent, that ye may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. Being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ unto the glory and praise of God. Now I'm going to skip over to chapter 2. Because uh, it gets it gets into how we we need to treat each other. In the chapter two, if there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind. Let each esteem each better than themselves. Let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. How many times we've had a bad day, you know, we've had a bad day and we're thinking about all our problems. When we get out of our head and look at, look at somebody else, we can see that we're not in the only struggle and there's a lot of people that have a, a lot more struggle than we do. Chapter 5, let the mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, though it not robbery, to be equal with God, but made himself of no re- reputation and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of, of men, and being found in fashion as a man. He humbled himself, and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name that, at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, the Father. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you. For it is God who worketh in you 
to will. To, for it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Read the words. That's a powerful verse. Chapter 13, it's verse 13. For it is not God which worketh for it, for it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Do all things without murmuring and disputings, that you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked, oh, in a crooked and perverse nation, among whom ye shall as lights in the world, as, ye, as whom ye shine as lights into the world. Let's read that one again. That ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom ye shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. Yea, and if I be offered up, up, up upon the sacrifice and service of your faith, I joy and rejoice with you all. For the same cause also do ye joy and rejoice with me. But I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timothus shortly unto you, and I also may be of good comfort when I know your state. For I have no man like-minded, for I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for your state. For all seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ. But ye know the proof of him that, as a son with the Father, he has served with me in the gospel. Him, therefore, I hope to send presently, so soon as I shall see how it will go with me. But I trust in the Lord that I also myself shall come, come shortly. <clears throat> Yet I suppose, Yes, yet I suppose it necessary to send you to Epaphilus, to my brother and companion in labor and fellow soldier, but your messenger and he that ministered to my wants. For he longed after you all and was full of heaviness because that, that ye had heard that he had been sick. For indeed he was sick nigh unto death, but God had mercy on him, and not on him only, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. I sent him throughout, I sent him therefore the more carefully, that when you see him again, you may rejoice, and that I may be the less sorrowful. Receive him therefore in the Lord with all gladness and holes such in reputation because for the work of Christ he was nigh unto death not regarding his life to supply your lack of service towards me chapter 3 is finally my brother rejoice in the Lord to write the same thing to you to me indeed is not grievous but for you it is safe. Beware of dogs. Beware of evil workers. Beware of concision. For we are in we. For we are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit, 
and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Though I might also have confidence in the flesh, even if even any other man thinketh that he hath therefore thereof, he might trust in the flesh. I'm, I more circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, and Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law of a Pharisee. Concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. But one, but what things were gained for me? Therefore I counted loss for Christ. Yet doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. And he found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. The righteousness which is of God by faith. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I followed after it, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth under the things which are before. Isn't that, brother, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. How many times we fall down and and we, and we can't let go of the past, you know, not look behind the plow and look forward. Verse 14, I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded. And if anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. Nevertheless, whereto we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule, let us mind the same thing. Brethren, be followers together of me, and mark them which walk, so as ye have us for example. For many walk of whom I have told you often, and now tell you even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ. Whose end is destruction whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who mind mind earthly things. For our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto this glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. Chapter 4. Therefore, my brother, dearly beloved, and long for my joy and crown, do stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. I beseech 
your your Dias and beseech Cynthia that they be of the same mind in the Lord. And I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, help those women which labor with me in the gospel with Clement also and with others, my fellow laborers, whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always, and, and again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving for your requests, be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me, do, and the God of peace shall be with you. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly, that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again, wherein you were also careful, but ye lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in my respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. And everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Notwithstanding, you have well done that you did communicate with my inflection, my affliction. Now, ye Philippians, know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. For even in Thessalonica, you you sent once and again unto my necessity, not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that they may abound to your account. But I have all and abound. I but I have all and abound. I am full, having received of Epaphras the things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well pleasing to God. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and the glory by Christ Jesus. Now unto God and our Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Salute every saint in Christ Jesus. The brethren which are with me greet you. All the saints salute you chiefly. They that are of Caesar's household. The, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Now, you know, in Philippians, I mean, you 
it's the whole four chapters are Christ-centered. That we can do all things in Christ who strengthens us. But as we look out into the world today, the last two, this last weekend, I started, you know, the the book that I've been re- reading, The Foundation Under Attack: The Roots of Apostasy by Michael DeSemblin. I kind of come, I kind of come to a, I, uh, uh, when I come to chapter five, histor historist. Historic exposures of the 19th century. I, I, um, in the first paragraph, he mentions Dr. H. Grant Guinness in his review of the post-Reformation interpreters regarding his belief that the false futurist writings of Jesuit Ribera and Bellarmine had been ably answered by Brightman and Mead in the 17th century, and by Isaac Newton in the first half of the 18th century. Well, you know, dispensationalism didn't appear overnight. And, uh, and the false and Arminianism didn't appear overnight. But, you know, Isaac Newton... I did. I, I, I should post it. I, I did. I did record it, and I should put it up on on uh, our discernment. But you know, Isaac Newton went down in history as a great scientist, and you know, he didn't even believe in the divinity of Christ. And in many Protestant circles, he is hailed as a you know that part because of the Protestant Reformation, we we were the science. We, even science was suppressed. Well, let's go back now to the a man-centered religion. You know, the Copernicus Revolution. Copernicus lived at the same time as Martin Luther. And we, the Bible, the Morning Star, Wycliffe, in 1315 was considered the Morning Star. Then we had Tyndale that was burned at the stake for writing the Bible. And then we had uh, uh, we had uh, the reign of Queen Elizabeth I, known as the Golden Years, in. Uh, we had the Spanish Armada, and then we had the Gunpowder Plot, and then we had the King James Bible in 1611. Just a little bit after that, we had uh, the famous scientist Galileo. And like I uh, quoted out of John Daniel's book, he claimed that uh, that uh, Copernicus, uh, not Copernicus, but Galileo was teaching scientific fact. You know, uh, this goes right back to heliocentric. It was a big, big derailment. 
I can't quote this one, but I heard it on Robbie Davis's video. This, you know, that you know that they actually the fellow quotes he was part of the Copernicus Revolution that they had killed God, and uh, and the reason I the reason I bring this up. Because it's very, very important. It's overlooked. It's overlooked. Because when you, you see, we have a whole world with a, with, with a heliocentric worldview. See, the difference between heliocentric and geocentric is geocentric is a biblical worldview. And we we know and that probably it's a it's a it's a good time to um, to re quote uh, John Calvin. Uh, you know, and I'm just gonna I'm gonna re quote this to refresh our mind what what Calvin said. Calvin said. We will see some who are so deranged, not only in religion, but in all things reveal their monstrous nature that they will say that the sun does not move and that it is the earth which shifts and turns. When we see such minds, we must indeed confess that the devil possesses them and that God sets them before us as mirrors in order to keep us in his fear. John Calvin. You say, well, Walt, you know, you kind of keep getting stuck on this heliocentric. Well, you see, the Bible was printed in 1611, and there was a spiritual revolution in England and in the world. Not because, listen, men men are fleshy, but the people in the streets were reading the Bible. And it was the cornerstone of learning. So when we fast forward to 2016, it's, what is the cornerstone of learning today? The modern day academic world. It's not the Bible. And I started to write about this yesterday morning. Let's see if I can make this come out right. We understand the Inquisition, and we understand the Dark Ages, and we understand who was behind it. It was the Roman Catholic institution. Now, in those days, before the Bible was printed, when you went to church, you weren't there to question. You weren't there to give your opinions. You were not allowed you were not allowed freedom of conscience. You were not allowed to question. Now, I've said in the past, this, wasn't, this came from a friend of mine one day when we were talking. He said, you know, we're going through an intellectual inquisition. I mean, sometimes we can talk about the Inquisition to come with the FEMA camps and such. The Inquisition is alive and well 
and working in every single Bible college and seminary in, in the world. The Inquisition is for the mind. When I graduated in 1962, I was told that I was not going to succeed, that you had to have a college education. I was so glad to get out of that nonsense. I couldn't, I mean, I wanted to, it, it, it didn't make, it didn't, I, I went to school and then I, I, uh, I went out and looked in the world and I didn't, I couldn't see the two. And when I got my airplane, when I was a, in 19, I was probably about 38 years old when I got an airplane. Now I'm flying around. I'm flying around in God's creation. And I could take off from an airport, and there's no roads. As soon as you leave the runway, there's 360 degrees. You can go in direction. And and I, at the time, God, I think God allowed me to have an airplane to get me out of the world and to see the world that he created. Because the world, the world, the world view, in, because the, the academic world will not allow you to question. You have no freedom of conscience. The academic world is the arm of the beast. You are not to question, and and, and you can't you can't bring a Bible into the discussion. Evolution. I mean, they bombard you with evolution. I haven't been to college, but I have friends that have been to college, and they will all verify that they 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 want to. And 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 Ken Hovind has done a great job in revealing the textbooks that they want to teach evolution as a fact. It's, no, it's known. And there's, there's creation ministries that, like, like Ken Hoven that travels around the world to universities expelling this tremendous, absolute nonsense of a Big Bang Theory. And we have the academic world out there at every turn. And not only the academic world, we have every single seminary and Bible college. That's why Kent Hovind, he says it with his own, his own quote, I am strongly heliocentric. What he is saying is, he is strongly man-centered. There isn't. Um, this is the reason why Walt. I, I, I listen. When I find somebody that can do something better than me, I ring him out. But don't let them tell me that they understand. When they look up into the heavens and they understand what's going on. When, when we there's not a man. Alive. Not a man alive that can prove that we're going around the sun. 
It's a theory. It's a theory that's been taught as fact for over 400 years, 500 years since Copernicus, but it really didn't get going until Galileo, Sir Isaac Newton, Einstein, and then NASA. Boom, they give us a blue ball. Now we're just a ball sailing through space, turning at 1,000 miles an hour. You see, yes, Kent Hovind, this is very important, because you're not teaching a biblical worldview. Kent Hovind is teaching a heliocentric worldview. I like it the way I heard this on a video. It's like chopping down, because the, the roots, the roots of evolution is the, is the Copernicus revolution. And to, and, to, and to tear down that tree, dig around it, pull it up by the roots, and throw it up on the ground, you're, you're not going to kill it by trimming its, trimming its branches and, t- and, and taking all the leaves off the tree. You've got to go to the root and pull that root totally out of the ground. And that root is heliocentric which give birth to Darwinism and all of this psychology that we've got. And all these seminaries and Bible colleges, these ministers have degrees in counseling. In counseling, in psychology. And you see, you see, we spent the first half hour talking about Christ-centered. And Christ, you know, was there at the creation. Christ, Christ put, when you read Genesis, and when you read jo- about Joshua and the parting of the Red Sea, you see, you see, seminaries and Bible college, colleges, they, they, want, they, want, they, they, they want to have a, a, a both foot in the door. They want to teach the Big Bang. It was God that, that, that created the Big Bang. No, it was a, it was a Jesuit priest that, that created the Big Bang. It was a Jesuit priest that created the New Age movement. These seminaries and Bible colleges are solidly heliocentric. And all it is is somebody's imagination. I tell you, you know, it, this has bothered me for the last month and especially the last three, four days when I realized that how, where... We're in a fallen state, and we don't even have a, even an idea where we're sitting on. We got somebody, we got the academic world, the world telling us that we're going through space at 66,000 miles an hour. And that we're turning at 1,000 miles an hour, and we're tilted about 22 degrees to give us the seasons. And we're circling the sun counterclockwise, the sun, S-U-N. 
See, the difference between heliocentric and geocentric is, see, the world is revolving around the sun, S-U-N. The Bible teaches that we're revolving around the sun also, but it's spelled S-O-N. It's a big, big difference. It's a big, big difference. Now, you say, well, you're, you're against all science. No, no, no. But we, NASA, has, they have put their foot in the mouth. If you can't, if you understand, now listen, Ken Hoven, if I was sitting across the table with Ken Hoven, he's going to believe we went to the moon. They've got to. That's their proof, that blue ball. There's no one ever seen the blue ball. Just got an email this last week. It was a perfect textbook. It was only a two-minute little video, and it showed the size of the sun and the, and the planets out there and, and the size and what they look like. This, this was marble this way, and this was colored this way. It's all somebody's imagination. It took an artist to do that. But after 400 years, they got people believing that, that they're actually looking at Jupiter. They're actually looking at Mars. That ain't the way it looks like it when it, in, a, in a telescope. That it's an artist's rendition of, 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 of somebody's imagination. We're living at a time, we're living at a time that they have flipped it. And the academic world, if we, if we want to look as brothers and sisters, we're going to stand out. We're going to stand out. You know, we're like a flea on an elephant's, on the back of an elephant right now. But with, because of the academic world. But we still have the Bible. And it, it upsets me a little bit. When I think Walt, because Walt Stickle, he hasn't been to a seminary. He knows how to drive a truck. He's kept bees. You know, he's flown an airplane, 71 years old. And, you know, I'm not telling you to listen to Walt Stickle. That Bible, the Bible, 67 times tells us that we're stationary. And as soon as you have a stationary earth, you got a different earth. I mean, people, people say, well, 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 now you're a flat earther. You're a flat earther. No, no forget that. Listen, as soon as you quit spinning, you're going to start thinking a little bit better. As soon as you get off the merry-go-round, you're dizzy. You've been spinning all your life. And people, I, I, this email that I got from this fellow, and God love him, I don't have to use any names. He, he's sincere. He's got a friend that's a scientist. He's got a friend that's a scientist, and he's a Christian. And he believes that we're heliocentric. Who cares? I'm a scientist. It, you, every, we are all scientists, okay? 
labeling somebody a scientist because he's been to an academic college for and got a master's degree in heliocentric? Of course he's going to teach it. And of course he's going to use his imagination. And he's going to write all kinds of articles. This is a key to what the academic world has done to the world. And it was all done to discredit the Bible. That's the bottom line. When I read this article on Isaac Newton, it made me a little ill. It made me question why in the world is Isaac Newton in chapter 5 of Michael's Dissemblance book? As far as I'm concerned, if somebody doesn't believe that Christ is the divinity of Christ, he's a heretic. Isaac Newton was a heretic. Oh, he might have been an Al Gore of his time. We got Al Gores all over the place. What do you think global warming's about? And population control. The world's overpopulated. We got we got to depopulate. It's it's absolutely ridiculous because I've had an airplane. I've flown over this country. This country is not overpopulated, and this world is not overpopulated. But what's problem? We're living in Babylonian captivity, which the Reformation give us a little bit of light to get out of. And it, you know, <laughs> and I realize another thing. I realize, well, you're never. You're never going to be popular. Praise God. I'm never going to have a YouTube with 45,000 subscribers. It ain't going to happen. I read the Bible for the first half hour. It's not going to happen. You know, praise God that, that, that we, that God is has given this light. I mean, sometimes I think sometimes I go a little bit overboard on the seminaries and the Bible colleges, but every one of them is teaching. Every single one of them is teaching heliocentric. Every single one of them is teaching Jesuit futurism. It, it's, 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 not, it's, not, it's not just a you know, it's it's not just uh, here and there. And and who's behind it? You can look at Kent Hovind. Kent Hovind is teaching futurism, Arminianism. He's teaching heliocentric. He's teaching a man-centered religion. Nothing against Kent Hovind. Because he's just he's just one pea in the pot. There's a whole big vat of them, and they're just rolling around in there, being boiled and cooked. And they want us to jump in the in the pot with them. Now he might sell books, and he might have forty five thousand subscribers, but he's not telling the truth. 
And, let me, and understand, I'm not just picking on Ken Hovind. God bless him. He's woke up a lot of students out there. We've had, we've had generations of children that have grown up and, and parents have their hard-earned money sent their children to, to college so they can get their, their mind, they can get their, their faith uh, taken away. And I've met young men. I never did buy this, this evolution thing, but this thing, the last four generations, has been big. And when you when when we see how when we see how crazy evolution is you can't describe it in words you got to be brainless you can't have a brain you can't have one cell in that in that brain that's thinking for itself you cannot even question it you cannot question evolution when you go into college because they treat it as fact my it happened to me when i was canning tuna about five years ago a guy my, my neighbor attacked me he didn't attack me but he said walt don't you understand that evolution the scientist has been proven and they're going to tell you and listen it's the same thing with heliocentric thanks to nasa in their one picture they went to the moon seven times and and the last trip down, they decided to take a picture of the little blue ball. One picture. And it's been proven a composition. They don't have one picture. Not one picture. That whole NASA bunch is nothing but a fraud. But you know what it does for us is God's children? Man, I'm telling you, you see that you see the lie, and when you read Philippians, when you read First John, when you read the first chapter of Genesis, you know who created the earth. And there's a lot you, we, you and I don't know. We just don't know how flat it is, or how round it is, but we know one thing: that God created it, and that's all we need to know. And we, all we need to know is realize that the academic world is taking people for a ride. <laughs> and and I, I see, I was studying again last night a little bit about the Third Reich propaganda. Look at what the Third Reich did with their propaganda machine. They had one heck of a propaganda machine, and they brought it over here in Operation Paperclip, and they and and give us NASA. You know, I'll tell you something. The reason I've been a little down is I realize how big it is. I'm telling you, people, to keep our sanity right now. The greatest blessing that God has given me. I could I could be sitting here give me my yellow pill give me my green pill there's a lot of people in this world today as we speak right now there's a mental institution mental hospital 
in every single state a state hospital. I was married for 20 years. My wife got out very conscientiously. You know, she went, she became a two-year nurse and she, and she retired from Stillicum up in Washington State. Worked at a mental hospital. And I'm sure she'd like to feed me a few pills today. And by the grace of God, only by the grace of God, not Walt Stickle, that I got my sanity. And I got to share one more thing. I, I've met a brother that's a former police officer. And I watched an hour YouTube on some of the most craziest things. If you don't think the world is crazy, all these these new the police officers when they stop a car now they have a video camera of what's going on in the car they showed some events there that i and i when i got done with that i turned it off and then the phone rings and here's a former police officer and i run a few of these little stories by him and he had just as many stories to tell me he was a police officer for 30 years. And he still got his sanity. He still got his sanity because he's got the word of God. And we're living in a time, you know, I love you all and I appreciate you listening. Because I know you're experiencing the same thing. And all I'm saying to you, brothers and sisters, you're all right. It is crazy out there. It's more crazy than you can describe. And the, one of the most craziest things, they started over with the Copernicus Revolution that they got us sailing through space as a spaceship. And we're just a one little significant little, little planet out there. And there's this one, and there's just spaces, there's trillions of light, sun, uh, of, of light years away, and, and universes, and the universes are expanding, and I mean, and then they, right now, they're, they're, what are they throwing at the, at the people? Star Wars again. Star Wars. And Christian parents are lining up, gathering their children, and taking them down to Star Wars. And what are they going to when they get out of there? They're going to get a heliocentric worldview. Whether they they don't have to, they don't have to say nothing. They, all they got to do is watch the movie. It's a big thing. We are not a planet. We are stationary. And this 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 glow this here I had a slip there. This earth, <laughs> I mean, after, after 71 years of hearing about a globe, a globe, a globe, a globe, and seeing all these spinning globes, and every time you, the corporate, the, the corporate uh, uh, icons are, are in globes, but we are on a stationary earth. And if God wanted us to know any more, he'd have told us more. 
that there's over 200 verses in that Bible. And I'm telling you, the description that God has given us is not a spinning globe sailing through space. And that that there's just infinite, I mean, you know, see, the thing of it is, the thing of the bottom line is, as we know there's a creator. When the hummingbird comes by, and I've had a chance to see him eyeball to eyeball, I, I put a, I hung a feeder on my bill of my cap, and I had it eaten right in front of my eyes, and I could see their landing gear, the little, and how just in the, just how, it's amazing God's creation. I don't know how God created that hummingbird and how how He programmed it, but I know they are. I know I know they they exist. I've had them buzz me many many times. They fly across the Gulf of Mexico. The, the, the species that's on the East Coast they go they go nonstop across the Gulf of Mexico when they're hibernating, and the hummingbirds that come from where I'm at. They come from South America, and they go all the way to Alaska. The Rufus, the ones I was taking pictures of. You know, I mean, it's so evident. And to think about it, you you want to know how far we are, how fallen we are? We got people defending creation, debating against evolution. Now, I'm not criticizing Ken Hovind. I'm thankful because he's, he's woke up a lot of young people. He's woke up a lot of people, but you can see. That's like she, what, what, what evolution is. is like going to the dentist and getting a shot of Novocaine. They got no, I mean, no thinking. Their, their thinking has stopped. Their question. But the thing I want to leave us with this morning is this is the intellectual inquisition is here right now, 2016. And it's doing the same thing that the other inquisition did. It's not allowing when children go, the academic world is not allowing freedom of conscience or for you to question. It's the same exact thing that they did in the dark ages with force. See, when, see when, you, when you stood forward and you questioned in those days and didn't show up for church, there was a knock on your door. And they picked you up. They don't have to now. The, 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 in, in, the tuition for colleges is 30000 a year. 120,000 people pay $120,000 to go to the Inquisition and have their mind pickled where they can't think anymore. They can't question anymore. Oh, oh, yes, yes, we, yes, I, we, we're going through space, of course. Praise God. We, if you're with me this far, praise God that you haven't hung up or listened this far. If you listen this far into this into this broadcast, I mean you're a child of God, because you know without a doubt who created this earth, the heaven and the earth. 
In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. You, we know. And not some man-centered science. science. You know, I appreciate you listening to me this morning because I'll tell you, everything I've been sharing this morning has been rolling around my head for the last three days. And, you know, it's been, the marbles have been banging against each other, you know. <laughs> and so we can be so thankful. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And, it, you know, if you want to understand how we should be treating each other, read Philippians, read Colossians, Ephesians. It's all through the Bible how we're to treat each other. And the world's not going to listen to us. It's the brothers and sisters. We, we, we need fellowship. When you, when you see somebody spinning and traveling 66,000 miles an hour and going counterclockwise around the sun, he's not going to listen to you. And, and we have a lot of people that have a Bible in their hand that are still spinning. And they're spinning just as hard as, hard as Galileo was. I mean, the more I think about it, I just, you know, stop, Walt, stop. Sit down in your chair. Do you feel any emotion, Walt? <laughs> I mean, anyway, I, I appreciate for, I got to rant here a little bit, but God bless you. I love you all for listening, you know, and uh, uh, our the hour of discernment is never going to have a large audience. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, I mean, in other words, and if I did turn up missing, you know, I didn't commit suicide, okay? <laughs> you know, I'm not suicidal. I mean, I praise God. I just praise God. The greatest gift that we have as brothers and sisters is being like-minded in the Bible with a biblical view of the world. We look at our Bible, then we open the door and look outside. You look at your Bible, you look at the academic world. Man, it's crazy. It's crazy. So with that, I love you all. God bless. You know, I, there was, I even, I'll be really honest with you. I've had, this has bothered me. I, I even thought, so I, I wasn't even going to answer the bell this morning. But ding, ding, I got off the mat and answered the bell. And my dog is right alongside me. He's, and he's, he, still, he still loves me. And I, and, I, and I got air to breathe. And I got, I'm warm. Got a roof over my head. And, I, we, and what we have, let's be thankful, because what, what we're looking forward to is getting out of this craziness. I mean, because the world is, is, is fallen. Man and his academic world has fallen. So the bottom line in this broadcast, are we going to have a Christ-centered life? Or are we going to have a man-centered life? With that, God bless, and we'll see you next week. Or not next week, but tomorrow. God bless. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. 
a laundry? Oh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.